the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to Hour 2 of tonight's Andrea K. Show. But we start this hour like we do every Tuesday with Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law. Y'all can hear him every day, and I know you do, at 2 p.m. on Word on Wealth. And he joins me now, like always, at 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. Hello, my dear friend. Hello, my dear friend. How are you doing, Andrea? Well, I'm good, except I'm a little sad because, and I, I did mention it on last night's show, there was so much going on, um, but Kirstie Alley, who I just loved so much, I just loved her work, she was just a hilarious uh, comedic actress, uh, passed away suddenly. Nobody knew that she was struggling with cancer, and um, so she's passed away, and um, that's sad because she was one of my favorite celebs. She was fun. She's one of those where... Uh, I don't know. I can't say there's some way you say, oh, I don't mind that they passed away. That's not fun for anybody. But yeah, she was nice. She was always, I don't know, I always thought she was very, she was cool. Yeah, she was. And, you know, I yeah, never heard, she, she was, was one of these celebrities. You never heard a, a, really any controversies a, a, about her in terms of uh, her working with any of her co-stars. I mean, we hear so much about, you know, um, these uh, out of control celebs these days. And she was one that I guess it was just a lovely human being. And so yeah, and of course, for me, I was telling Skins mm-hmm. before the show, um, there used to be a TV show that I would watch. I'm always thinking, what well, did she have a will? What does she do? Because <laughs> I used to watch a TV show to where celebrities wills were read. And um, I don't know if you ever heard of that show, um, but I'm always curious what the situation there is um, with the estate. So um, we'll see. I I am too because I would just I, I would love it if this were one of the situations where they go yes you know Kirstie Alley and she has she has a couple of kids and um, I think she's a grandma and mm-hmm. you know she was 71 years old and she had her estate plan in order. I know that would be, I'm I'm nerding out on that, but I think that would be totally cool. I would love to hear that side of things like hey somebody actually thought thought forward and I. I think if anybody would do it, it'd be probably Kirstie Alley. She just seems kind of pretty level-headed. Well, she seems like the type that would. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I don't know if you even know who Aaron Carter is. Uh, he is his older brother was Nick Carter of the Backstreet Boys, and uh, he was the younger brother and and uh, a child celebrity. And there it ended up being a sad story of drug addiction. And he uh, was a, a singer and uh, su- successful in his own right. And he passed away suddenly, like Hillary, like um, Whitney Houston. He was found in a bad bathtub and uh, I guess a, a drug a drug overdose dose at that oh. point new father and there's a probate battle there's a fight going on Gary Quackenbush because yep. um, he you know his he, he had a child with this woman who was not his wife and now there's quite the battle going on uh, apparently for his estate um, okay. so yeah that it's it happens to everybody nobody's exempt from it whether you're Aaron Carter 
worth, uh, you know, a half a million dollars or, you know, Kirsty, it doesn't, it, we're not exempt from it. It, it that, it's one of the things I talked about on my show today mm-hmm. was we literally were talking about, you know, being prepared. In fact, Noah was really good and chiming in on the show and he was saying, what about a handwritten will? What about, um, if I just left a note, what about if I type something out and had it notarized? We're kind of going through these scenarios and, and I'd say, nope. And he goes, well, well, what about, nope. Well, what, what, what about, I go, we got to do it right here. We got to do it right. So yeah, because the hand, the note, by the way, didn't work for Anne Haish. No, the family's fighting right now because she thought I think it was an email. She thought just sending an email would just hey hey by the way um, ex boyfriend um, baby daddy to my second child I want everything to go to you and um, ex husband and father of first child's like no it ain't working that way. <laughs> so right. you know and here we are. So um, what did you guys talk about? I heard you guys talked a bit today about something called holographic wills, and I'm like, what is that? The, I, the only hollow I know of about is like a hologram. What is a holographic? Will <laughs> the, the and the funny thing when the term hologram came out, I went, "Well, that's kind of weird." Because holographic just means it was written all by hand. A holographic will is a will. If I write it all out by my, you know, myself, and I say, you know, I Gary Quackenbush, you know, when I die, I want this, you know, all my money to go to my wife, and then I sign it. That's my holographic will. So holographic means I wrote it all out myself by hand, and I signed it myself. So there's no other. Uh, nobody did it for me. It wasn't like I had, you know, my secretary write it out by hand or my uh, my grandson that decided he wanted my entire estate. So he wrote it out by hand and said, here, Grandpa, sign this. I need your autograph. You know, it's um, so holographic has to be completely done in that person's hand. We actually I had a case. This was many years ago. And I I thought this was one of those things that you hear in law school and that they don't really exist, but literally we had a probate going on and um, somebody came in to contest the probate with a brown paper bag with <laughs> felt pen writing on it that literally said, I give my entire estate to my housekeeper named so-and-so, and he signed it. And it was dated after the written will that we had. And so it was literally considered that the paper bag was put in probate in competition with the written will that we had and it was it was af- it was dated after the written you know the actual typed out official will so we ended up looking at it and it was literally was dated later and the guy was it was legitimate it would we you know it was proven that it was in that guy's handwriting and it was signed by him and it was proven that that was his signature so that was his last will not his next to the last will so that was literally his last will of course, the battle is, well, come on, was there undue influence? You know, what, you know, yeah, he wrote it out by hand, but was he forced by the housekeeper who was standing there, you know, with the, with the mop, you know, pointed in his face? I don't know. <laughs> right. But, um, it was pretty much determined that he wasn't under, you know, under the, the evil influence of the housekeeper or anything like that. That's just what he decided to do to take care of his housekeeper. So we ended up settling it, but, <clears throat> I thought it was, you know, I thought, you know, somebody comes in with a paper bag written in felt and went, are you kidding me? That's the stuff that, you know, law school cases are made of. No, that's the stuff that Gary's cases are made of. <laughs> that Gary's case. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I worked. guess you attract the whack. Um, but but I now there I'm confused go. because if a holographic will is just somebody hand, some, something <clears throat> handwritten, why is a note not acceptable? Well, if somebody does, if it's a note, but see, they have to, they have to have some evidence of that's their last that's their will that it's the last note that it's the last yeah. okay this I is my will this is what i want done so it's like for example if somebody writes out a note and it says you know um 
I want, um, after I die, I want my son to have my car and my daughter to have this and I want to have that. And it's like, and then it's signed. Well, you know, is that really their last will? That's what he wanted. Is he Mm -hmm. just giving instructions for the car? And so there's kind of a standard. They have to at least get to the point where they say, this is what I want. So the paper bag thing, that was the challenge for them. It was obvious. It was, it was the person that actually did it and signed it. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, it showed intention of what he wanted, but he basically said, you know, after I die, I want all this stuff given to my housekeeper that, that, that showed that that was his intention. And that that was his, you know, after I die declaration. So how so can- notes, it's a little different than a note because it actually showed intention of this is, you know, if we're saying a note is, you know, if we're referring to a note is I write a note that says, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm writing this out. This is my last one. Yeah, that's, it's a handwritten note, but it's clear that it had testamentary intention that that's what he intended to have happen after he died. All right. Well, I mean, what's the, what's the commonality of a handwritten? I mean, how good could a handwritten note be? Because if you've hired an attorney, if you've got any kind of estate, any kind of anything, I wouldn't imagine that this would be common because I wouldn't imagine any attorney, a proper estate planning in my, I guess my point is, wouldn't uh-huh. involve handwriting because it should involve having an attorney and then maybe you know something might be typed up and printed right and so what usually will happen is if there is kind of a note and the note is dated you know a little bit after like the you know the typed up estate plan like let's say you do a real estate plan and you have a trust and a will and you know all the stuff that you need to do to, to do it right and then somebody writes out a note that says oh and i want my I want my truck to go to my son and I want my jewelry to go to my daughter and I want my timeshare to go to this good friend of mine. Well, it shows intention, but is it legally enforceable? And the answer is going to be, well, no, because he wasn't saying, you know, this is my final desire. It was kind of his direction to his uh, trust administrator. Like, hey, um, when you're dividing things up, I'd like my son to have the truck. So then he could say, okay, the truck's worth $20,000. So that's instead of giving you 20,000 cash, here's the title to the truck. Okay. So they're kind of like they're dead hand control, they're voice from the grave, they're instructions, but that thing saying, and I want $25,000 to go over to my, um, you know, this a friend of mine that I met the other day, that's going to be something where I think people would put their foot down and say, no, that's not his, you know, that's not his testamentary intention. And beside the fact that there's no cash in his estate, it's all in his trust, you know, because that's the other thing, too, is where is the money if it's all in trust and you write a note saying, give everything to my good friend. Well, everything that is not in the trust is all that can be controlled by that note, which may be nothing. Gotcha. Speaking of money, um, before I let you go, there was uh, we had a, a plane crash that happened here. A pilot flew a plane into somebody's home, and I guess hit, uh, the estate for the pilot is being sued. Um, what mm-hmm. does that mean? Because if somebody dies and you know, wife gets everything, aren't they really suing the wife? The well, no, not really, because his is the, the transfer doesn't immediately happen to spouse. It, it depends on what their pro, what property exists, right? Okay. Um, some property passes just by operation of law. Like if it's joint title, that would pass immediately. Um, but there are some things like uh, if it's not joint title, if it's stuff that's in his name, if it's his separate property, then there is an estate that could be sued. 
Oh, because I thought, well, that's yeah. kind of cruel because it's like, I mean, obviously this person didn't fly the plane into this home intentionally yeah. and destroy property or kill anybody. And now we've got the family that's being, I mean, look, I mean, I, I, you know, I guess somebody needs to be compensated. I don't know. Um, it just seems, it, it just seems to me just because you can doesn't mean you should. And, you know, oh, I understand y- that. you know, and I'm looking at don't the, t- don't tell the lawyers that they're well, out of business. Well, yeah, right. Because I mean, it's like, okay, did the, did, did whoever, did, did whoever that home not have homeowners insurance or did homeowners mm-hmm. insurance not cover that accident and now you're going to go and you know the, I don't think this was a wealthy pilot and so I'm thinking you know the poor family you know has yeah. now got to battle somebody going after the quote estate because people think of the estate they don't realize that there's actually people involved right yeah yeah and that's the thing with the estate it it's probably going to be half like you know if they have community property estate then half the community is automatically hers it's not his to give mm-hmm. and so it would be half of the community and then probably his separate property if there was any but so, yeah the the thing is creditors get paid and it does seem totally unfair you know they they're going after the estate trying to fig- determine that it won't be everything that he owned it's only going to be of of anything that was community it's going to be half and i've had situations where I mean, we uh, I had one situation where there was a tax lien. I mean, it was huge, like three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars tax lien, mm-hmm. and it was um, uh, not husband and wife, but a couple that that basically were joint title, and the guy owned all that money, owed all that money to the IRS, and when he died, the house passed to his girlfriend <gasps> by right of survivorship, and the federal t- the IRS did not get paid because it passed by operation of law. So that could happen with the house. I mean, that's the thing. The house, if that was in California, the place yes, the plane. It was San Diego. If, okay. So San Diego, then there's a the homestead exemption. So if they own a home, um, then there's the the home is excluded from okay. creditor attachment up to like six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. So there'll be some attachment, but they're they're trying to get insurance coverage. That's why they right. sue the, the estate and they're trying to get insurance and the homeowners his homeowners will kick in his car insurance, their car insurance, the deceased person, all the insurance companies kind of get, you know, they all kind of get in this frantic thing of who's going to pay what, and they're just trying right. to figure out who's going to pay the most. Is there a way to avoid that with estate planning? I mean, you can't predict that your husband's going to fly a plane into somebody's house, but is there a way to like maybe through trust to have all your uh, all your assets put in a trust so that you're protected in this kind of scenario? You know, when we talk about asset protection trust where you're trying to make it so that you don't have any property in your name and that if mm-hmm. you know there's an accident and insurance didn't cover it, um, those are going to be like irreversible. I'm sorry, irrevocable asset protection trust, those do exist. Um, they're really tricky. Um, it's usually not part of an estate plan. It's part of like a, a asset protection plan, you know, with LLC, corporation, uh-huh. and then um, irrevocable trusts. Lots to think about. Oh, yeah. Lots oh, to yeah. think about in order to protect stuff. your assets, to protect your family, and, and, and also to protect them not just financially, um, but their peace of mind should you pass away. How can people get a hold of you, my man? 855-500-TRUST or GQLaw.com. All right. Thank you for being here, my dear one. Thanks, Andrea. Have a good evening. Thank you, darling. AK, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Ain't nothing fake about me, babies. (laughs) Y'all know that. (laughs) Um, But there's a story about fake out today that I find to be really kind of
laughable to me. Uh, there's this dude. I hadn't even heard of him. And I don't know if you have skins. We haven't talked about this dude. He's a congressman-elect in the state of New York. His name is George Santos. Evidently, he has lied all over the place on his resume, including, I think he claimed at one point that he worked for, I think he claimed he went to an Ivy League school, maybe claimed he worked at a big, you know, financial company he didn't work at. Uh, evidently, he faked his Jewish identity. Um, and, um, and and it's quite scandalous, evidently, today. People calling, Republicans, of course, calling for his resignation. Uh, Democrats, of course, calling for his, de- his resignation. Um, uh, you know, I, in, in particularly the Jewish thing, uh, you know, that, that really, who hasn't lied on their resume, by the way? Um, Joe Biden, the president of the, the people calling for this dude to resign over a couple of phony resume items are probably not calling for Joe Biden to have resigned when he, how many false claims has Joe Biden made? Not just on, he claimed he was in the top 10% of his law school when he was in the bottom. He's, I mean, he had to drop out of the presidential race in 1980 for plagiarizing. He's lied about the car accident involving the death of his wife. He lied about how many hours he spent on the Amtrak. He's, he lied just a couple of weeks ago about giving his uncle a purple heart when his uncle had died, I think, before he became vice president. I mean, there's absolutely nothing real. I mean, Corn Pop was tre- was trending on Twitter today. <laughs> Remember Corn Pop and him, you know, saying that he waved a chain around or something? At Corn- I mean, Joe, everything about... And let's talk about the biggest lie of all was uh, Joe Biden saying he didn't know anything about Hunter Biden's uh, business dealings and that he wasn't the big guy at 10%. You know, so quite frankly, if we got a, if a Republican got elected and he lied on his resume, you know what I say to you, George Santos? You stay in that, you stay in that seat, okay? Don't you let anybody run you out because you know what? You're not any bigger, you're not any bigger a phony than Mitch McConnell. Is it it, it, right? Like Mitch McConnell's the real deal as a Republican? How about the 20 of them that signed on to that omnibus bill? There ain't any fake fakery going on there, them pretending that they're Republicans? Hey, as long as he's as long as he's honest about where he stands on the issues, that means more to me than whether or not he fudged on his resume. Have I lied on my resume? I think I put one time on my my acting resume that my French skills were a little bit better than they were. I have a family member of mine. That, Great singing voice. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, I, I think I left off one time. I think I left a, a waitress job off my resume because I ended up, you know, storming out one night, getting into a, a fight with the boss that was just total creep to me. Um, so, and, and covered up that little bit of a gap. Okay. I've never pretended I was Jewish or anything like that. I mean, I never, I never said I worked some for a company. I mean, I'm not that I didn't work at. I'm not Casey Anthony. Um, but you know, look with, with the amount of fakery we got going on in our politics, there's far worse than this guy claiming he worked at, you know, some big financial company. What are your thoughts on it, Skins? I mean, I, I, I'm pretty black and white. I You're generally don't like guy. lying. It yeah, kind of I know. is, but you know, I mean, there, there are worse things he could have done. Yeah, you could have voted for the omnibus bill. Yeah, you could have done that, right? I mean, what's his track record when he's in office? If he's doing a good job, stay where you're at, man. I say hold the line, Santos.
You're no bigger liar than anybody there. If anything, he's less of one. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on that. I would love to hear from you guys. 888-344-1170. I mean, you know, what, 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 and particularly where I'm at with this is that as they're about to release Trump's tax returns at the end of the week, why? Why? Simply to try to frame him as a liar who overstated how much money he made. Well, you know what? His, his tax returns are legit. He's never been accused by the IRS. This man's been under audit his entire professional career. He's not accused of a tax crime. Well, like like said, Andrew, they want to find that one hammer he didn't write off. Right. You know, so far they haven't found it. Like we know that uh, John Kerry was registering a boat in a state he didn't live in so he could get a better deal. We know about Al Sharpton and all these others that, you know, are tax cheats. But could they insert one? Right. Yeah. So, you know, well, they might. But the point is, is that it's like, you know, when it comes to honesty, you know, I'll take I'll take somebody that, you know, and by the way, Trump had no legal obligation to put his tax returns out there. I learned today that no president had ever publicly released his tax tax returns until the Republican idiot that doped Richard Nixon. Why? That was the same Richard Nixon that fell on his sword and let uh, JFK take office, even though JFK had stolen it. A lot of precedent. Yeah. You know what? I'll take I'll take a dude any day of the week that's light on his resume to go into office than um, a Republican Party and a Democrat Party lying to us that our elections are secure. Right. I'll take a phony resume over a phony election any day of the week. Did the guy get get legit number of votes? Man, I'll take that because right now we don't have we don't have legit elections. Do we have that clip from Kerry Lake? Do we happen to have that? Maricopa County, it's a global situation. Just ask the 40,000 dead women and children in Ukraine and the people taking the incoming shelling today in eastern Ukraine. Ask the people in Taiwan in the South China Sea. Ask them right now how important Maricopa County was to changing the direction of this country. Ask the people in the Rio Grande Valley or the people in New York City where the mayor's asking for a billion-dollar bailout. Where do we stand right now in the process? Walk our audience through. What what you say you're not going to give up. What, how does that manifest itself today? Well, really quickly, what you just said, all of these things are interconnected. And when we have rigged elections, Steve, this is the result. We're on the verge of a world war. We've got inflation that's out of control. We have a border that's wide open, shockingly wide open, about to get worse. We've got drugs falling into our children's hands. We have outrageous things being taught to our children in school. This is the result of stolen elections. It started even before 2020. We've got to get control of our elections. We're going to appeal this. We've sent our response uh, when it comes to the sanction. We've sent our response over to the judge. And uh, we think that there's we had absolute merit with this lawsuit. And we're going to appeal it and take it even higher. Because we believe that if we can even get some of these other counts, you mentioned the signature verification. If the good people of Arizona saw what constituted a fair signature on these mail-in ballots, I guarantee you they would stand up and say no more mail-in ballots. It is outrageous what they let go through as a real signature. Nobody in their right mind, if you were blind in one eye and half blind in the other, you would not have approved these signatures and they're letting them go through by the tens of thousands. Yeah. 
And this is why, you know, t- talk about the slippery slope. How did we get here? The Republicans. It started with the Republicans going along with absentee ballots. Oh, there's checks and balances. Yeah. Signature verification. <laughs> right? It's like all the Republicans now that are like, you know, we got to join in on this early voting game. We got to get in on this. Well, we may have to, if that's in place, before we can get some Republican legislators to do their job and actually, and, and Republican governors, there should not be. If we've got a Republican governor... Anywhere, especially if with especially with a Republican controlled state house, there should be no early voting, no absentee ballots None. for anybody but military, right? No mail in ballots. Election day, expand the polling stations. Election day, count the votes that day. Everybody knows who wins. Boom, that's it. It's not that hard. It ain't that hard at all. It ain't hard at all. So one right. thing Trump said when he announced that I just I was absolutely just applauding. It's like, yes, that's exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. So until we can get back to actual elections that aren't phony and fraudulent, I'm not really that interested in George Santos and a couple of lies on his resume. Right. And do I think it's wrong to lie? Absolutely. Do I think that particularly claiming that he's Jewish? You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's Focahontas level territory. But you know what, you Democrats? Look at all the other lies. Yeah. If you're okay with Focahontas, actually, you know, I'm not aware that this Santos guy actually got a gig and actually got paid for claiming to be Jewish. Get back to me when that's happened. Right. Because Focahontas got a four hundred thousand dollar teaching gig on the basis of that lie. So, look, I'm not condoning lying, but what I'm saying at this point is that this is this is like um, a, you know a shiny object. I'm supposed to be upset over this dude today? No, no, it ain't happening. I'm gonna take a break. We come back. There's actually an amazing feel good story that I got to share with you guys. This is already nominee for Hero of the Week for me. I don't usually on Tuesdays start sharing good news stories, but this just touched my heart so much. I got to share it with you guys when we come back. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. You know what? I was super happy I got to the studio tonight and there was some Christmas gifts here for me. It is not too late to still buy a gift for somebody if you haven't already or even for yourself. And my favorite place for you guys to go to is Iron Mountain Outfitters, 8493 La Mesa Boulevard here. It's still winter, whether or not Christmas is over or not. So even if you've if you've got people to shop for, go to Iron Mountain Outfitters. It's not too late to get a holiday gift. It's also not too late to shop for yourself or somebody you love because the weather is still cold here. It, we, it was super warm over the weekend. Then it turned cold on us again. So go check out the fabulous flannels they've got there, the shackets, the sweatpants, the work plant pants, the jackets. If you're going to be taking a winter trip anywhere because these storms are going to continue, that's where you need to go for all of your all of your gear, right? Right. And tell them that AK sent you. Look, PJ's there. All you got to do is sit and hang out with my boyfriend, Dapper Dan. Tell her what you need. I actually got my man skins, a Filson flannel shirt for Christmas. He loves his flannel shirts, and I felt like he deserved like the super high-end Filson flannel shirt. They've got Carhartt, Filson, Browning, you name it. They've also got all kinds of other accessories and gift items. So just go there. Tell PJ who you're shopping for and find something for yourself or somebody you love. Um, yeah, these blizzards are continuing right across the country. and. I just saw, I don't know, you might have already heard this story, Skins, but I, um, there's this couple in, in Buffalo, um, 
she works in a restaurant. Her name is Shakira Autry. And I don't know what her, I don't remember what her boyfriend does for a living. So anyway, they're inside their home. It's the morning of Christmas Eve and they hear somebody yelling for help and they look outside and it is a mentally disabled 64 year old man who's already in severe frostbite mode. I guess he works at, at, at a local movie theater. Somehow he got lost outside, stuck in the snow. They brought him in. Oh my gosh, this is going to make me cry. Y'all, they brought him into their home. Talk about the kindness of strangers. They brought him in. There were plastic bags that had frozen to him. That's oh, the, boy. that's the state that he was in. They brought this man. And by the way, I shouldn't have to say this because it shouldn't matter, but they're African-American. He's white. This is really what America is. That's right. Isn't this really what America is? Just, I mean, this story is just makes this is me people feel. People helping people. People helping people. And they they cut off his clothes. They warmed him up. They cut the plastic bag straps that had frozen to him. Took care of him. Got him help. I just thought this. Um, he had suffered uh, fourth degree burns. He's now in the hospital. This just warmed my heart. Because and also, isn't that what Christmas is really all about? It's about love of others and taking care of other people. That's that to me is about as Christ-like as it gets. These two people bringing the strange men into their home over Christmas and taking care of him and getting him the help he needs. So um, I'm just going to say right now that they're they're my nominees. And I know that there's some other stories. There's there's a story, this girl, who there was a cat that was frozen to the ground. There's all kinds of pet stories out there of people saving pets. So it just makes me feel good, you know, at a time right now when so many people are suffering that we can see the best of our nation. You know, and, and it is these these times when we do see the best of people. Yeah, there might be some bad out there, but there's also a lot of good. Right. I mean, there's reports right now of looting going on across the country. And I, I saw a report the other day to where he was like, look, this isn't people looting, stealing medicine and food because they're starving and need medicine for their family. We're talking about electronics and just being being crap weasels. You know, that's that's this. That is a factor. That's that's the worst of of society. And these this couple here is the best of society. And so I just got to give them a shout out. Evidently, speaking of the worst, (laughs) Paula Abdul, who, by the way, at her age of 60, is still absolutely stunning. I guess she tried to Photoshop a picture to make herself look younger and with a filtered face. And it ended up being somebody completely different. And it was it was a it was a vanity fail. And posting her picture. And you know what? The thing is, I, I, I don't even know how to use a filter. You know, it's like, why? It's why. Okay. It's like, if you're 60 years old, there's nothing you're going to do to make yourself actually look like you're 30. You're just going to like a weird version of, you know, and, and the filters and people know what you really look like anyway. So why are you trying to put fil- filters over your face? Because everybody who knows, you know, you don't look like that. So this was evidently a major, a major fail because the picture that showed up uh, was an entirely, <laughs> was an entirely different face. <laughs> I want to see this picture. Um, yeah, it it looks like. You used to listen to Paula Abdul back in the day. Yeah, you can. It it's it looks like a sixteen year old, and you can see that it, if if Paula Abdul had a grandchild, that's what this picture would be. Makes me sad for her. She overly used a filter. <laughs> um, I'm still. She's still a major talent, though. Love, 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 love Paula Abdul, and she's so beautiful. There's just no need to be even doing that. Um, 
All right, you were pretty happy with a Christmas present that you got this weekend. I thought if you wanted to share, if you guys want to share a great present that you got uh, over the holidays for Christmas, give us a shout, 888-344-1170. Do you want to weigh in on the Christmas you got and give a shout out to your to the missus? I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Mrs. I Skins. mean, I love the Filson flannel that you got me, but that was not the top gift. I, it should have been. It should have been, but, but when your wasn't. wife gets you the double deluxe original Top Gun movie and the new Top Gun Maverick in one complete set with all kinds of bonus goodies, 4K special edition, puts it under the Christmas tree. I call that a home run. That was a home run. You married you married the Thank right you, Mrs. one. D. Yeah. And and here's one of the thing too. I was talking to my family about I actually um uh, multiple people were like, "You know what? I can't find a movie to go see over the holidays." Didn't we used to have major motion picture releases over the holidays? Quite frequently. And we just don't have There's that anymore. There was right nothing now. that came out. I mean, what who's going to see Avatar? Not That's me. it. That was like the only movie I think that was released over the holidays. Just complete complete snooze fest. I know. I went to go see Top Gun Maverick about a week ago for the 11th time look hollywood needs to get it together because their their box office numbers they're there. for terrible for 2022 but you know what they never get it right they just continue to double down on their insanity and they're just completely destroying all the they have industry. to do is pretty much take the maverick formula and repeat it and that's the type of movie people want to see ak right or movies or it doesn't even have to be like an action thriller no. or military thriller but you think about the blockbusters we used to have in the 90s and the 2000s it's gotten to where it's nothing but the same superhero hero, you know, um, over and over and over again, or wokeism crap, when we used to have great movies like Terms of Endearment, like um, Steel Magnolias, like um, Poltergeist. I mean, you, you think about um, the Raiders series, Raiders of the Lost yeah, Ark. Yeah, and, and I'm act- that's the one movie I'm looking forward to next year, the next Indiana Jones movie, A Pray It's Not Woke. Yeah, there just used to be Schindler's List and just, just amazing movies. That used to be movies. kind of like a yearly thing. There was a couple of big movies that happened every year. Yeah, and we just don't have them anymore. You know, that's a part of Americana that I miss. I miss great movies. Part of the problem, too, is the streaming because um, now streaming movies are almost like movies of the week used to be when we were kids, you know? hour and a half long 90 minutes not on the level of a motion picture oversaturation yeah um reading a couple comments um hollywood is on life support i will not be attending the funeral because wokeness great point (laughs) i will not be attending the funeral matt says he got charcoal for christmas and so he's making barbecue hey when life gives you lemons man you got to make lemonade all right we're going to take a break last break of the show but don't you go anywhere more andrea k show coming up Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. I have no idea what a catalytic converter is, but evidently those things are uh, valuable because they're being stolen. Here in San Diego, um, uh, there was a, a catalytic converter ring that was you know, arrested. It something to do with the transmission. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I've yeah. heard that that's on the up on the uptick for people just ha- just having them ripped off. Yeah, but here's the good news: evidently, gas prices dropped by a cent. <laughs> all right, um, here is you. You always love some good news out of Florida. You love you some Florida. Well, the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation launched an investigation into a Christmas three themed drag show that was open to quote all ages. Think about how despicable it is. 
to to use Christmas as a way to rope children in to watching a sex performance. More child abuse. It is. The Broward Center for Performing Arts in Fort Lauderdale hosted a drag queen Christmas on December 26th. The DBPR issued a statement Tuesday obtained by the DCNF, a Daily Caller News, found, uh, news uh, announcing it would investigate the performance, which was described as sexually explicit and marketed to children. Quote, this is an all ages show, but may contain adult content and event details tab on the archived webpage reads. The show no longer appears on the live version of the Broward County Center's website. Um, so it's an all ages show with adult content. This is perversion. The department, quote, the department is actively investigating this matter, including video footage and photographs from the event. DBPR will, like in other cases, take action. Um, uh, The statement that reminded readers, quote, then reminded readers, quote, exposing children to sexually explicit activity is a crime in Florida. That's what this is. This is sexual abuse of children. This is pedophilia. They went on to say it violates the department's liquor license standards. The department, quote, the department will share any collected evidence with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement for potential criminal liability. This is what needs to happen across this country. Do you sit children in front of porn? If you sent your child over to a play date at somebody's house and the father came out in a G-string and a thong and started gyrating around and your kid and your kid started was given dollar bills to put in, in, in the thong, would you be okay with that? If so, you're a pervert. When on the, the statement goes on to say the department frequently conducts investigations into these matters upon tips provided by the public. And we thank the public for continuing to bring attention to these incidents. Investigations of such allegations will remain a priority for the department and indeed are ongoing. The show reportedly had sexually explicit scenes and displayed partial nudity. This is what is being done to children in this country. That reminds me of that poll that we, we talked about earlier in the show that 22% say Democrats are enemy enemies of the state. I have to say that the Republican Party has done nothing to stop this in general. That this is happening because they've received no pushback. And that omnibus bill includes money for this kind of crap. Not specifically for drag shows, but includes money for transgender community crap. And you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. Why isn't Trump speaking out against this? Trump's not. He hasn't been. He really hasn't been. When the when the de- quote Defense of Marriage Act, which was the which which was just nothing but a blatant naked opportunity to try to go after our religious beliefs, same sex marriage is legal in this country. Obergefell is is law of the land. You know, there's there's you know uh, the idea that they had to codify that people uh, you know mixed race could marry was ridiculous. This is a way to go after our religious freedoms, and Trump actually defended that. But at this point, I'm not even really talking about 2024 because honestly, you look at what happened in, in our elections. This is why it's like George Santos. Don't be coming at me acting like some dude who lied on his resume is the problem. No, the problem is 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 our, our elections. Do we have any election integrity? If we don't have election integrity in this country, don't yammer to me about r- resume integrity. Quite frankly, um. I'm going to get back to a couple of uh, comments here. Good night, Sandra. She says, good night. Frankie says, these idiots wouldn't have anything to gyrate anymore if they did that. 
Frankie, you are so right, man. I'm not hearing about this happening too much across the state of Louisiana, right? Nope. Right? I'm not really hearing that much. Um, So anyway, tomorrow night is Wednesday. It's hump day. We'll be back. We'll have our man, uh, financial thought doctor, Dave Elhoff, will be here. Here's a funny story. Let's end the show and something fun. Wall Street Journal is reporting that hip-hop's breakout stars include two rappers who are in their 70s. (laughs) You're going to love this. Here's a line from one of their songs. It's a British duo, Pete and Baz, and uh, they've got a song. Here's a line from one of their songs. Breaker, breaker, Pete's in the pub with a baked potato, pint in his hand, and a Sunday paper. Hey, he's talking potatoes, man. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys have taters on Christmas Day? What was your menu? What did you guys eat on Christmas Day? Uh, it depends on which Christmas of the six you're talking about. You had six Christmases? I'm that you exhausted. Went to? You must be exhausted. I feel like I'm on a vacation back here at the studio. Right. So for New Year's, what what is everybody doing for New Year's? Um, Skins and I were talking before the show that we just don't feel safe anymore being out on the road. I think it's for the New worst Year's. night to be out on the road. It is. It's amateur hour. You know, I also, here's my sad story on New Year's Eve. I have never had a New Year's Eve where I actually had a great, you know, I've had more, let me put it this way. I never had a New Year's Eve that involved going out, going to a party, dressed up, on a date, ringing in the New Year's and have it be the great romantic, great night out, everybody, that what what it's supposed to be. You know, be. I've had a couple, Andrea, but I have to tell you, not worth it because when you're going to and from the event, you almost lose your life. Well, I actually had a taxi driver get a DUI while I was in the back seat one year. To me, the most fun New Year's Eves are just casual. Everybody's Amen. hanging out at home. You're not on the roads anywhere. You're playing games, eating some yummy snacks. You ring in the New Year at 9 p.m. West Coast time, and you're in bed early. <laughs> all right. Love you all. Thanks for being here tonight. Peace out. Follow me on all the socials. Email me at andreakshow.com. Love you all. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.